0: Morning everybody. It's quiet in here today. Yeah, God's good to us. I was uh I was rejoicing yesterday that uh my Saturday didn't turn out like last Saturday. So yeah, Exactly. I, I told Ron the other day I was like, Yeah, actually I actually had this this word I was expecting to be really uh hard and and uh kind of difficult to 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 hear and I was like great I'm coming in all nice and surly and tired to bring it too. This should be interesting. <laughs> Remember all those years ago? There was some of you may recall some uh it was uh dubbed the machine gun service and uh oh, yeah. Um, the the very next Sunday, Ron came to church, and uh, Mike and I were still out in the parking lot, and he got a broadsword out of his uh, trunk, and uh, Mike said, "Oh, it's gonna be another one of those services, huh?" <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So no, my day went great yesterday, except that I uh, uh, had. Way, way too much coffee. I know you would never expect that of me. Uh, but I slept for like four hours and I've been up since like three o'clock this morning because I just couldn't sleep. So, I'm nice and surly again this morning. So, term- no. <laughs> so yeah. let the beating commence. Oh, yeah. Well, let's pray. Jesus, we just thank You for Your goodness to us. Mercy and grace and goodness, God, and I just pray that this morning you would bring your word to us, God, as only you can. God, that you would prepare your word with the fire of your Holy Ghost. God, that you would say exactly what you want to say in this place. God, that you'd gather my thoughts, that you'd channel them down into the things that you would say. God, and that you would uh, give us hearts to receive everything that you have to say to us this morning. God, and that you'd plant it in us. And cause it to grow and and bear fruit in our lives. God is only you can do. In your name, we pray. Amen and amen. Welcome to Psalm one nineteen. We're gonna read the whole thing. No, just kidding. I haven't done it for a while, but I used to read the Book of Psalms through every month and uh, just going by the date you know like if it's the 1st you do 1 31 61 and so forth yeah. about the 29th of every month i would i would get to Psalm 119 uh oh, like well maybe there's 31 days in this month and i can come back to it in a couple of days this is a long one uh but you know it's it's precious because we've been talking a lot lately about uh expectations about what God's expectations are, because if you when you if you have a job, you need to know what your boss's expectations are. and if they're not clear, then the chances of you meeting those expectations are not very good. And uh, uh, so I've learned the hard way over the last year or so that you really have to spell out what you mean, uh, especially, you know, For me, it's like I go and I, I meet this client, I look at their property and, and all this stuff, and then I know what we're doing and I understand it, and it's easy to uh, think that I have accurately conveyed that thoroughly to these guys who have never been there, who have never met this person, and they're going to go in there and do this job. So the sense of setting those expectations... Uh, you know, there's nothing like that phone call. So what about this really large item that you did not make clear? Oh, dang it. Uh, so my point is, though, is we've been talking a lot about grace and and mercy and obedience and how they all work together. And I was thinking this morning about expectations. When I was in junior high, I had to read Great Expectations. Yeah. I was a great reader, but evidently my teacher had greater expectations for me than than were warranted because that book did not make a lick of sense to me. But about the only thing I came away with was the main character's name was, uh, was Pip. And at one point he said, please, what's Hulk's in the first chapter? That was about the only thing that stuck with me. Because that book didn't make any sense to a 12-year-old. But anyway... Uh, uh the importance of understanding god's expectations is uh is the difference between uh women can't wear makeup and they better wear a floor length skirt to um going to a church that's like a where the song service is a rock concert and they vaguely reference the bible in the in the ten minute sermon. You have to understand what god's expectations are because uh as we've said so often on here. Uh, when it comes to the forgiveness of sin, forgiveness does not change God's expectation. His expectation isn't that, oh well, uh, I guess that one's a tough one for you. We'll just let that one go. You you can do that. That'll be okay. You know, it doesn't work that way. You know? uh, parenting is like that sometimes. Your your children just wear you down like the like the the ocean on the shore. We were talking about that yesterday. They call that negative reinforcement. It's like, if, the, if I ask Dad enough times, the "no will become whatever <laughs> and then whatever is pretty ambiguous so I can do whatever I want then. so um, but um, you know and, and Paul addresses the sense of expectation a lot in in the epistles. You know, you read through Galatians, and you know, and these these guys going around teaching the churches after Paul would leave that that you have to obey all these these commandments, and uh, and and what I I think a lot of what they were were doing was the same thing that that Jesus ran into. Uh, about the, the hand washing and all the stuff where he he said that you know these are you know you're you're taking these traditions of men and trying to make them the commandments of god and uh i like well i think everybody should wash their hands you know i think that's a great idea you know i kind of wonder if maybe they didn't do that at little caesar's cuz it's been closed for like the last three or four months and we've all been sad but uh um, but to understand what God expects is important because uh, He does, in fact, expect obedience to the commandments. But but you have to understand what commandments is He talking about? You know, I, uh, I heard this, this guy say that his church was had six commandments and four do the best you can. And I thought, uh, ha, 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 very funny. Like, actually... Um, you know, I mean, you, like I said, there's these these traditions that people make, like, you gotta wear long sleeves, you, you know, women shouldn't wear makeup, or, or you gotta wear those little, like, bonnet things, you know, and, and all that stuff that's just stuff, you know. Um, you know, and, and I'm all for dressing nice for church, and I'm, I think there, you know, you should cover stuff up and all that, that's great, but, uh, everybody appreciates it. I mean, if I, if I went out of my house without a shirt on, people would throw things at me. So I figure I might as well you know dress up for church. But um you know, but the, but where where that sense of, of misunderstanding God's expectation comes in is Did you see what they wore to church yesterday? Oh my god. You know, and and uh it's like, well, You know, but I was—I was glad they showed up, weren't you? Well, I, uh, yeah. uh, So, um, you know, so God does, in fact, expect us to um, pay attention to what we're doing, and and to uh, be aware of what it is that He has laid out for us. Uh, So, in Psalm 119, I'll just start at the beginning. Just to make you nervous. And uh, and he said, blessed are the undefiled in the way. Because see, now you don't know what verse I'm actually going for. You don't know how far I'm going to go. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. And that word undefiled, the margin of my Bible says perfect. So, that's good stuff. Uh, Blessed are they who keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity, and they walk in His ways. Thou hast commanded us to keep Thy precepts diligently. So, so He's talking about this blessing of doing it right. And who, you know, who doesn't want to do it right? You know, who wouldn't want to be like how Paul said that concerning the law? He was blameless. As, uh, you know, I mean, the more the more you can line up. Your behavior with the Word of God, and it and it lines up together, and you understand that it's because He is has put that in you, and it's not because uh, you're awesome. Uh, that's great, but um, but He talks about this this blessing of walking in the law of the Lord, seeking Him with the whole heart, and doing no iniquity. And then He says, "You've commanded us to keep your precepts very diligently." So. Uh, if you're diligent about something, then then you put effort into it, and, and you're you're being intentional about the things that you're doing. Um, and so it's like, well, okay, so that's you know that's just Exodus 20 right there. You've commanded us to keep your uh, precepts diligently. And I get that. Uh, and then verse five, he says, "Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes." You know, it's like you can you can hear Paul saying, Oh wretched man that I am you know, because we find this this tug of war between the carnal mind and the spirit that this this spirit man is born inside of us. And and this this war that happens because we want to obey the commandments of God and we know that He's commanded us to keep the commandments, hence the name Commandments. And then he says, "Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes." So, so then it's like he's saying that uh, my default setting is not directed to keep the commandments. So it's like, um, you know, you, you it, I don't know, I'm, I can't think of a good example. Sometimes you get things and you can't just use them right out of the box. You have to tweak them. You have to set them up. It's like getting something that's some assembly required. I spent many an anxious afternoon as a child waiting for my dad to get something put together and adjusted and all this stuff so I could enjoy it. And, uh, and I did not enjoy how aggravated and, and all and, and, you know, that he got, like all the uh, tools and expletives that flew through the air while he worked on these things. And, uh, uh, <laughs> uh so, when when I buy something that has to be put together, I just kind of oh, okay. Um, but we we come like that, don't we? It's like we're not really our uh, our default setting is not set to keep the precepts diligently, and so, uh, and, and your flesh just won't unless you train it. And thus you bring it into subjection to the Spirit of God inside you. It's like a horse. You know, a horse will just do whatever until you break it and and, and you train it. And, uh, you know, I don't know a lot about horses, but I know that you have to approach them carefully because they're very large. And, you know, they could hurt you, kill you. And I know that when you get on them for the first time, they don't like that and just like it's just like flesh god is so wise how he does that i know it's to me it's like somebody telling me what to do i have not had people tell me what to do in so long i've not had a job where people told me what to do in so long that when people presume (laughs) to tell me what to do it does not sit well with me (laughs) Wrangles just a bit it's like don't you know who i am no, I don't but <laughs> so you're the guy that's going to do what I said, yeah, you're right, I am no. so you know, and it's, it's funny because I mean, you know, I mean, I've been my own boss for ten years, but when I worked for Kevin, he gave me a great deal of autonomy to just kind of run stuff and do what I wanted to do, and uh yeah, so I, I, confession time, I don't like being told what to do. Um, I don't mind following. I just don't like you I just don't like you to tell me what to do. <laughs> I know, I know. You Can hear the snickering in the back from the people who know me so well. One of those weird arbitrary things that doesn't uh, add up about me. So that's what makes me so much fun. But so he says, Oh that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. Then I shall not be ashamed when I have respect to all thy commandments. And I will praise thee with uprightness of heart when I shall have learned thy righteous judgments. I will keep thy statutes. Forsake me not utterly. I love how back and forth this is. You know? I mean, it's it's not like a seesaw. It's way more violent than that. <laughs> Just back and forth, back and forth. Because... Um, when you honestly want to please God and do the things that He has, that He expects you to do, the things that He's commanded you to do, I, I, was, I was about to say ask, but not really so much asking. You know, I mean, he, he, and He says it so nice, it feels like He's asking. Uh, you know, I used, um, I remember years and years and years and years and years and years ago when I first got out of high school. Like my first job, my boss was so nice, and and he would. Give us direction with but the in the form of diffident suggestions. Or you know, why don't you go do that? Or um how about you go do this? And being a rather irresponsible teenager as I was, it's like, Well, I I guess I kinda don't really want to do that. I was kinda thinking I would do this, you know? And um eventually boss man has to sit us all down and say, now look, I'm trying to be nice here, but when I make a suggestion about what you should do, I'm not actually asking you. I'm telling you. He's like, light bulb. Okay. Cool. Alright. And I've run into the same things with my children. It's like, I don't want to fold laundry. I'm not asking. I'm telling. (laughs) Take these two things, put them together, put it in the drawer. (sighs) God! Sometimes you have to like you know get the carrot on the stick, though. It's like, I, I bought the boys a new game for the Wii, and they were all excited about it. And they're like, can we play it, Dad? And there's no place to sit because there are mounds of laundry on every piece of furniture in the living room. they like, well, we have a very limited amount of time, but if we put these away first, then we can. You would have been amazed. It was like this whirlwind went through the living room, and it was spotless. So sometimes you just need some motivation. God knows how to motivate us. But when you really, when you really want to please God, and you you know that you're not there, there is this sense of being ashamed of yourself. This I I I don't know. To me, I, I mean, ashamed is a good word. I think of like more like self-loathing and disgust, or just something along those lines. You know, some people are far more tolerant of of their failures than others. I think it kind of depends on your constitution, but uh, it's interesting because he says, "I shall not be ashamed, when I have respect to your commandments." And so I said, so "Then I, if you have respect to something, then you're paying attention to it, and you, you're following along and doing the things that you're supposed to be doing." He says, "I'll praise thee with uprightness of heart when I shall have learned thy righteous judgments." And that's great, because we learn typically through experience. You know I mean some people are book learners, and I, I like to learn stuff out of a book, but you can really only get so much out of a book, I think, until you actually do something you know when uh, uh when I first started working in the office. You know, Mike had already learned all this stuff. And he's like, okay, so you're going to do this thing here. It's like, okay, so you get this call. You set up this appointment. You're going to do this. You're going to do this and this and this. You have to do all these things to get ready for it. And then when you get there, you're going to do this. And you're going to do this. And this. You're going to say this. You're going to do this. And I was just thinking, um, okay. You know, had a lot of stuff to remember. And I went over it and over it and over it. And then when it came time to do it, I still remember the very first... Uh, appointment i went to the guy answered the door i had my little uh canned greeting all prepared and i just completely froze and uh and uh and he was somewhat of an awkward guy at the uh too and so it just kind of compounded itself and i managed to get through it and we got the job but um no. Now I've done like a bazillion of them. And, you know so I've gone from like the junior high boy approaching all the girls to ask to dance to just like, whatever. <laughs> like I don't want to dance to you anyway. You know? <laughs> but no, you get you you know, you learn through experience and I've messed up a lot of stuff along the way. And you learn from those. And so I think that's what he's talking about here, about this, you know, I'll praise you with uprightness, when I shall have learned your righteous judgments. Because he, there's nothing like being, you know, constructive criticism. Nobody likes it. But, you know, we, but you can tell when somebody is actually trying to help you versus when they're just picking on you to be critical. You know, and it um, doesn't make it feel any better, but it's nice to know that they're not picking on you. But but you you if you actually don't take those things personally and you think okay so, so now we do this you know and and that's how life is it's like God brings us these righteous judgments it's like okay so that was okay but let's you know let's try it this way next time you know and sometimes he's even more subtle than that I was so furious at somebody one time they had actually struck one of my children. At a a gathering, I was so angry I could have killed them. (laughs) I suppose I probably did in my heart, but I was so mad, and I—I mean, I got in their face and and uh, and threatened them. And uh, (laughs) we were at Ron and Rachel's house, this big gathering of people. I go and find Ron, and I'm like, I mean, you know, shoulders like, (laughs) and I was like. Like, can I talk to you for a minute? He's like, sure. You know, like maybe I'm way off base here, and I launch out into this thing. I tell, tell him about it. I mean, you know, with that righteous zeal of of indignation, and obviously they should not have hit my child, but um, seeing that they were an adult, but um, uh, uh, and I, and I'd had this discussion with him before, and uh, he's like, <laughs> and Ron said, well, so you, you've asked him nicely. And now not so nicely. So, and I was like, yeah, yeah. And I, and I went away from that talk like, yeah, that's right. We're going to get this stuff figured out. And then after a couple of days, I kind of calmed down and I realized he was actually telling me that that was not the best way to approach that. <laughs> so, so if you're slow on the uptake, fear not, because it will catch up to you eventually. So. <laughs> Uh, and uh, they have not struck my child since, so that's good. Mm-hmm. Nothing, you know, sometimes a, a, a good threat, you know, what's a good threat among friends? So. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, and guys are like that, too. I was talking to somebody the other day, and they were like, well, I don't understand why this issue isn't resolved. They talked it out and everything, and I was like, well, well, you're a guy, and guys do that. We, we talk about it, and that's that. Okay, especially if we hit each other or something like that, if you know if there's some kind of physical violence involved, then you know we we're gonna you know just bump it out and we're good, you know it's like and not all women but women are less likely to be like that. they might be a little upset, they might smoulder a while, you know, but i I was just you know it's he's, people are different, and I was like, you know you're just a nice, straightforward person, so yeah. So getting along with people is interesting. I'm not sure how I got out on that, but anyway. Uh, so, so he's on this back and forth here, uh, and in verse 8 he says, I, "I will keep thy statutes; forsake me not utterly." And, and I love that because, you know, we we know that God says not. He's like, you know, swear not at all, you know, either by heaven, or the earth, because you can't make one hair white or black, and all that. And and uh, making promises is not a good idea, because that's you know that's why he said uh, you know Lord willing we'll do this Lord willing will do that and all that kind of thing. And uh, and so I know for the longest time I wrestled with this idea of uh, it's like well I it's like man God I want to tell you yes I'll do that but if I don't tell you yes I'll do that then not do that. And you know, and I realized eventually that, but that you know, you're you're trusting in His power. You you have to make this decision, yeah, exactly. and, and you and you trust Him for the rest. You know, and so I like it because He's wrestling with this sense here of, you know, to me it seems that He's wrestling with a sense of, well, I don't want to do the right thing. I'm not always doing the right thing, and so and so it's like you know, it's like I'll uh, I'll keep my statutes. And then immediately he follows that with, forsake me not utterly. You know, because you, you need that power of God. It's like, it's like God telling Abram. It's like, you know, uh, he says, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. Okay. So let, lest, uh, lest I make you more nervous, this is actually where I was trying to get to all along. Um, verse nine, this is one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible. And, uh, it, to me, it really, um, kind of clears up the sense of God's expectation between you know the grace and mercy and the forgiveness of sins and His expectation for obedience and holiness. And He says that, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? And when I first read that, I was a young man. Uh, he says, by taking heed thereto according to thy word. So, taking heed is an interesting thing. Because you can listen to somebody, you can hear somebody and not retain an ounce of it you can you can have not taken any of it in I don't know how many times Mike and I have these conversations at the office where one of us will i mean like it's like a paragraph of stuff and and it, and it goes both directions, and whoever's not whoever's being spoken to kind of stops and looks up from the computer and is like what like I I was not listening to a thing you just said what, you know, it's like I I was I was aware he was talking to me but that was about it, you know. And, and so, you know, we we can come to church and and sit and listen to the word and it be like peanuts with when they listen to the adults talk and, they're like, and they wah 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 and you understand nothing that the adults say on that show, you know, and so. It's like, well, I listened, but I didn't hear it. I didn't heed it. That's an entirely different matter. And that's what he's talking about here. Taking heed to your way according to the Word. That's um, A lot of things kind of fall into place when we do that. Just paying attention to, okay, well, this is what the Word of God says. And this is what I'm doing. So how does that fit together? So uh, and so, you know, taking heed then is the sense of not only uh, hearing, it, but but paying attention and really doing something with it. Uh, you know, Lawrence has these signs all over the place that say "pay heed." It's like they should pay heed to something besides the whatever they're talking about. I don't even know, but. Um, they they would do well to pay heed to the book, you know, rather than uh, whatever it is. Um, so he says, With my whole heart have I sought thee. Let me not wander from thy commandments. So I love this because he just continues with this sense of, you know, I'm seeking after you, I'm following you, and I want to do the right thing here. Uh, but I need you to help me. You know, let me not wander from your commandments because it's. And wandering is interesting because um, there's these great little comics that I've, I've seen around, where there's like a, a little brain with glasses and this little heart, and there was this one where there's like these these this the paths go, uh, they fork away, and one sign says um, like responsible adulthood, and the other one says like utter nonsense and the the heart is like skipping off down the lane to utter nonsense, and the brain's like, "Come on, come on, this way, you know, and uh you know, but I like that because to me, the sense of wandering has this kind of heedless sort of thing to it, but not in a malicious way, like a child, they just sort of wander off?" Kind of like when we went to Union Station, and Zoe sort of wandered away and disappeared, and that was terrifying. But um, we do that in life, you know. When we didn't have church here for years and years, I totally just sort of wandered off, kind of wandered around doing my own thing, and and uh, I you know I would see Ron when he would come back from Africa from time to time, and we'd have these conversations that where he's like you know doing all these great exploits in Africa he's like well, I, I built this really cool football team on the playstation you know <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. yeah so you know wandering it's like you know it's like hey it's getting dark buddy let's come on inside you know but uh, <clears throat> but it's precious because you know he's you know David's saying you know, don't let me wander because sometimes we just get distracted and we just wander. We've got this little book that that the kids have read since they were all tiny called I Just Forgot, and it's like um, sometimes I I remember to do such and such, but sometimes I just forget, and then you know it's like the whole book is all these things like yes mom I. I didn't forget. I just I'm not not done yet, or you know, oh yeah, I guess I did forget. <laughs> you know, and there's all these uh, things that I just forgot, and so life happens that way. But uh, but it's precious because because God knows our frame, and He knows that we're dust, and His expectation for us isn't really not much higher than that. So His sense of expectation is well, I I can I can make dirt do what I want it to do but the dirt has to be willing to cooperate with me so in verse 11 he says thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee now one one reason I like this little passage so much is like all these really great verses that like we all know them and they're all just like right here together I always I was like finding out that all these little verses that I I liked that I thought were disconnected or not but he said, "Thy word have I hid in mine heart, that I might not sin against thee." And so, again, that sense of expectation and and the uh, avoiding being prone to wander comes from putting our nose in the book, putting the book in our heart, because it's like having it's like having a road map, it's like having a GPS, you know. And then you don't have to know. I mean, I I know Lawrence pretty well, but I mean, who knows all the weird little side streets in a town that size? You know, and uh, it's like, where's Lazy Brook Lane? Oh, I know where Lazy Brook Lane is. (laughs) Spent some time over there recently. But um, I use my GPS all over the place. All the time. Every day, just about. And because uh, I don't have to know every single side street in this little town because Google knows where it is, you know. And so putting the word of God in your heart is like God knows where you're going, God knows what to do in any given situation. And and uh which is a tremendous relief because when you're a kid you think that that adults automatically know what to do in any given situation and then you become an adult and you find out that they were just ad-libbing the whole time. And uh but it's it's great to know that God knows what He's doing all the time. And He knows what to do. And He knows where you're going. He knows where you are. Um, nothing more helpless than when your GPS is acting up and you don't know where you are. And it's not cooperating. It's like, I don't even know which direction I'm going. You know. Fortunately, God God doesn't buffer. So He's, he's always working. And he always knows where He's going. So, so hiding His Word in our hearts and does that that very thing for us, and and it gives us the the more the more you you have your nose in the book, the the more the easier it is for you to hear from Him about those things. It's easier for Him to tell you, well, here here's the thing, because that's where He starts talking to you. I don't know how many times I've just been toodling along doing my own thing, and this verse would just pop unbidden into my head. And it's like, oh, usually when I was getting ready to do something stupid, or I just did something stupid, and and there then comes this verse. It's like, well, this is why you wouldn't do that. Oh. you know. And so the the more you put the word in you, the the more equipped you are for that. So he says, uh, blessed are you, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. Uh, with my lips have I declared all the judgments of thy mouth, and I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies, in it, as much as in all riches. Excuse me. I will meditate in thy precepts, and have respect to thy ways, and I will delight myself in thy statutes, and I will not forget thy word. So I like this because now he's seems like he's kind of climbing up on this rock here, kind of scrambling out of this uh, wrestling back and forth. And and uh, you know rejoicing in, in the in God's testimonies, you know. And the great thing about testimonies is nobody could take them away from you. Nobody could argue with them that they didn't happen, and 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 all that kind of stuff. And it's great because sometimes those testimonies go back to the righteous judgments we talked about in verse seven, where we learned something the hard way, and. And we come away from it with a testimony. You know, I mean, I mean, who hasn't been through something really hard that they probably could have gone an easier way, but they were kind of hard-headed about it? And then, having come through it, you wouldn't trade it for anything, you know, because God taught you something really valuable in it. You know, and of course, while you're there, you'd rather not be, but uh, you know, that's just life. But it's precious. Because we, we do learn, you know, and by verse 16, he's saying, I, I'll delight myself in my statutes and not forget your word. And so we, the more we have those experiences where God leads us through those things, you know, I mean, of course, in First in John, he says, if any man sin, and so, you know, there there's not this expectation that you're just going to, just always going to sin and all that stuff that... that, that, that that the church has talked about like we talked about at the beginning. You know, the difference between the you know the, the church where you have to wear long sleeves and no makeup and floor length dress to you know the church that's like a rock concert and there's no rules. You know, somewhere in between there is is has got to be something that's founded on the word of God. Um, but God He works with us through those things because I mean the Bible said that Jesus learned obedience to the things that he suffered and so we all we all have done those things where it's like, "Ow, that hurt. I won't be doing that again." And uh <clears throat> and and we learn from those things. When uh Kevin's nephew worked with us for a while, he would always grab the uh the, the little post between the sliding door and the driver's door when he would climb up in the van. And and he was always goofing around and always, you know, horsing around, joking and stuff. And I totally slammed his fingers in the door one day getting in the van because he had his hand there still, and I didn't know it. And I kind of just sat there for a minute when he was like, oh, 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 because I thought he was messing with me. And eventually I realized, in fact, his fingers were smashed, and I opened the door. Do you think he did that again, though? No, he did not. (laughs) So he learned from his thing that he suffered, that's a bad place to put my hand. So, you know, like when you go to the gym, they have like all these little pictures where uh, where stuff moves and stuff on the machines and it'll have like a picture of a hand getting smashed in something and like a big circle of the, I don't know if they mean you should stick your hand in there and smash it or they're telling you don't do that, but you know, one of the other, I don't know. Um, just go with me real briefly over to Hebrews 8. Let's wrap it up real quick with this. You know, where because he, he said that he would, uh, you know, put his, uh, or he talked about putting his, his word in, uh, in your heart that you, that he would sin against him. And, uh, uh in Hebrews 8, uh, if I make this quick. I'll start in seven. Uh, for if the, if the first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second. You know, we've been talking a lot about those two covenants lately, as well about about the the first covenant and the new covenant, and and the uh, and I find this passage really interesting because, of course, the law is perfect. Because um, and but what he's saying here, uh, of course, in Hebrews he makes the the statement that uh, that the problem with the law wasn't the law. The problem was that with the law was that you had to keep it. And so the 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 shortcoming then of the law would would be you. But even even then, even still, God intended for it to be this diagnosis of, of you needing Him because it came with the blood. But He says, for finding fault with him, He says, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant with their fathers I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they continued not in my covenant and I regarded them not, saith the Lord. So there's that fault then with this first covenant. Because they continued not in it. When you have a covenant you you both have your your end of the bargain to to uphold. He says, this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith, Lord. I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts and I will be to them a God and they will be to me a people and they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least to the greatest. Um, and this, this would make a great study all on its own. And you may know this already but the, if you've got a keyword study Bible here, you can see that there are two completely different words here for the word no in the, the places where it occurs. And so he says, uh, they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, know the Lord. And this, this word no is talking about knowing God like... uh knowing about Him. Like you could sit down and learn it in a book. And... uh, uh you know, I mean, I could, I could tell you all sorts of stuff about me, and and you would know about me, but you wouldn't really know me. And you could talk to uh, uh, Cynthia, Mike. They could tell you. Well, he's still pretty hard to know because he's so darned arbitrary and weird that you you would you still got to dig. But, um, but he says they shall not say no. The Lord, they shall all know me. From the least of grace, and this is a, a word that's about experience, like experiential knowledge. If you have spent thirty years with me, like Mike has, then you you know me entirely differently. And so, um, so then, this, this is what happens when God puts His laws into your heart and to your mind. It it completely changes the dynamic then of how. Uh, of how we deal with him and so so there's this uh there's this cooperation that goes on where we we put his we hide his word away in our heart and and he he puts it in there he writes it in there and and it uh, it changes you from the inside out because of course he he talks about these two covenants and the of course the fault with the first covenant being that you had to keep it because You know, we've all ran stop signs, probably. I have. And uh, there's this, you know, red little octagonal thing there. Um, And there's really nothing that's going to happen to you you if the intersection is clear, there's no one coming, you're out in the country or whatever. You could blow right through that thing without even slowing down and nothing will happen to you but if there's a policeman sitting there it's an entirely different matter because then you're going to get a ticket so so then this this of course God sees everything that 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 you do that you think that you feel but uh if you uh if you have to be policed from the outside that's an entirely different matter than being policed on the inside by the word of God because then when you hide it in your heart, that's what David said, I hid it in my heart so I wouldn't sin against you. It's like he was self-policing because he was taking heed to his way according to the Word of God. So, Jesus, we just thank You for Your Word to us. And we just we pray that You would put these things in us and, and uh, take away all the uh, the ambiguity and the confusion that comes from the carnal mind uh, trying to dissect these things that, that comes from the adversary trying to uh, uh war against us and bring us into confusion and god i pray that you would bring that clarity of of these things to us god that we would understand your expectations god that we would uh focus on you god have our eyes on you and and uh and know you god that's that was the, one of the key things in that passage, God, was it wasn't even about the obedience anymore as knowing you and drawing near to you. And God, we just, we pray that you would bring these things to pass in all of us. God, now today I just pray in this place every need would be met by your presence, by your spirit. God, you know every need. You know everything that every person in this place, uh, has, has thought or has, has prayed in their, their, the very deepest part of their heart, God. And today what I pray is that Your presence would do as only it can in this place. That we'd reach out to You to receive what You have for us. And and that You would do in us as only You can. In Your name we pray. Amen, Amen.